This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Very good morning. Thanks for shining the right side of the ball with me today. Uh, Maxi Bride, did he do the right thing? Or did he leave Colin Munro dirty? 131355 0467 736 736. Ben Davis with you, filling in for Patton Heels for breakfast, all thanks to Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. Bold it was last night at the Gabba. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The Big Bash 13 kicked off the Brisbane Heat with a 103 run win. Huge. It's only the fourth time that they have won. The season opener, the Brisbane Heat, and they didn't win. They smashed it in. Oh, the stars, the falling stars. What about that? The net run rate, which is an impossible thing to work out, but the net run rate, 5.15 in the positive for the Brisbane Heat. But Colin Munro was stranded on 99. Did Maxi do him dirty or did he do the right thing? 131355-0467-736-736. The Suncorp Home Resilience Line is there open to you. For me, 100% he did the right thing. Maxi, team first all the way. And I'm sure Colin Munro would have it no other way as well. Surely. Right? Or could he have become just the, well, we're digging in, but we think it could be only the third century in the Heat's existence. Chris Lynn has scored one. Who scored the other? 13 13 0467 736 736. Or 13 13 55, the Suncorp Resilience Open Line is there for you. I'm sure we've got prizes today. We better. It's the last show of the year. So if you can tell me who the other Heat player is besides Chris Lynn to score a century in Big Bash history, Something's coming your way. I reckon a Signet Power Bank there. Yeah. Yeah. Signet Boost Power Bank, I'm just told. There we go. 13, 13, 55. We'll have some fun, but also, yeah, Maxi Bryant. Um, have a look at that last over. I reckon Colin Munro was himself done dirty, taking that single off the first ball. Maxi came in, bang, another single. Colin's coming. So they just kept knocking it around. But Max Bryant, three balls to go. Do you reverse the rolls? Do you give the strike back? Of course you do. Or you just hit boundaries. Remember, they've come into the match, uh, sorry, into the final over, still not on 200. But cruising, and Maxi hit three boundaries to finish it off. Damn right he did the right thing. You may have a different opinion. We are at the Gabba last night. How good was it? The top three moments for me. Colin Munro, Rocket Man, and the Heat ground announcer playing... Somebody I used to know when Joe Burns walked out to the crease. Outstanding stuff. A big show lined up for you today. Yeah, coming into Friday. I hope the traffic's well for you because it is the last day of school. Aha, yes, it's going to start to lighten up after today. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 23 degrees this Friday morning. Kurt Capewell, top of our minds. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, yep, 
Kurt Capewell has come into the Broncos and done his job. He is now off to the New Zealand Warriors. Has he done his job for you, Broncos fans, or should he have seen out that last year of his contract? Some uh, claiming loyalty. Yeah, but on which side of the fence? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. This morning, you will hear from Kurt Capewell and his decision, an agonising decision, to leave Red Hill. All right, let's go to Brad on line one. Brad, very good morning to you. Uh, did Maxi Bryant do the right thing or did he do Colin Munro dirty? Good morning. Good morning, how you going? Oh, I think he done the right thing. Good call. Good call, mate. Yes. Do you know, do you know who the other Heat player was to score a century in Big Bash? Uh, Pommersback. Oh, there's a blast from the past. Luke Pommersback, 112 not out, and I'm pretty sure it was in the final, the one that they won uh, back by uh, yeah. back in BBL so, too. Yeah. Yep, yep, you're right. Don't you feel old now, Brad? I do. I, I know. <laughs> hey, I'm mate. Not, I'm not long to become a granddad too, so. Oh, congratulations, mate. Well done. Well done. Hey, listen, a Signet Boost power bank is coming your way because you know what? With the new grandchild, you will need that phone charged all the time to take the videos, to take the photos and spoil them rotten. Outstanding stuff. Were you at the Gabba last night? I, I wasn't. No, nah, a bit... Bit uh, late for me. Yeah. Got to be up too early. <laughs> hey, well, I hear you and I feel you, and thank you for joining us this morning. So there we go. Luke Palmer's back. There's a blast from the past. Brad, good on you, mate. A Signet Boost power bank to get us underway. Uh, he thinks Maxie Bryant did the right thing, but at the Gabba last night, it was the topic of conversation straight after it happened. Pe- <gasps> what has he done? No way. Just knock the ball around, rotate the strike. Give Colin a chance. So Colin Munro has scored a 98 not out for the Heat. He's now scored a 99 not out for the Heat. South African-born Kiwi but has family here in Brisbane. So he is the United Nations of cricket and we loved what he did last night for the Brisbane Heat. How did Colin Munro feel about being stranded on 99? Colin, stranded on 99. What works for you out there in the middle? Because you were seeing him so well. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the 99. I think uh, Maxi came out and got three boundaries in the last three balls. It's a team game. Guys that know that, are, that play with me know that I'm team first. So, yeah, 99 or 100, nothing really matters as long as we've got enough tonight. Have you got the total? Do you think what worked on that wicket? Well, I think, it's, I think it's a very good wicket. So, just trying to change it up. Don't be too predictable. And, you know, if we can field well, then we'll be okay. It feel well, and they did. They did just that too. Michael Neeson with the ball, the new ball too, picking up two wickets, outstanding stuff. That was really good for my super coach team. Oh, super coach. Are you into super coach? What we do as a family, sparked by my wife, is we are in a family super coach. This started about four years ago. It's become a summer tradition, almost you could call it a Christmas tradition at our place. I'm talking the kids, so our youngest 13, our eldest 19, but this was started four years ago because when Big Bash was on, as it is on every night, all of a sudden you might be sitting there watching Perth and Adelaide play. Yeah, but now, or even Hobart and oh, Adelaide, um, <laughs> you, you get some interest in the game, right? You're invested. That's what Supercoach is about. And, and the best thing about BBL Supercoach is it's on over summer. So the feet are up, even if you're still at work, you're kind of taking – so you have some time to invest. 
unlike in the middle of the year, if you're doing it in AFL or NRL, and all of a sudden you're taking three hours up on a Friday, going, oh, I need to get my supercoach. Uh, speaking of supercoach, we will be uh, chatting to our supercoach expert uh, before the morning. I thought I had Colin Munro in. We had the big conversation yesterday about Josh Brown not being picked for the first game of the Heat, so I swapped him out and put Colin Munro in. And somehow I didn't hit save on my team. Wow. Yeah, wow. And it was when Rocketman was here in the studio yesterday. So anyway, that was a big, let's not bring that up. But don't worry, the kids and Beck, they have been on me because I was high-fiving everyone all through that first innings. I'm telling everyone Colin Munro is in my super coach team. How good is this? And then at halftime, I went to halftime. The innings break, I went to check my score. Yeah, no good. Uh, 13 13 is the Suncorp Home Resilience open line for you. Did, did Max C. Bryant do the right thing or did he do Colin Munro dirty? I mean, we heard Colin just say, of course he did the right thing. Well, what else is Colin going to say? Right, right? Seriously, he's not going to just unload on Maxi there, is he? Maybe he did genuinely feel that. Of course he did. Uh, text coming through. Outstanding. Yeah, Eric has said Luke Palmer's back as well. Eric, uh, I know, texting. Oh, you probably couldn't call. I, I don't know if we have a prize there for the text, but, uh, hey, we will get we will have a prize for the best, best text of the day. Uh, we'll do that as it goes on. Uh, Oscar, uh, Heat were over 200 and never going to lose. Give the people what they want, Maxi. There we go. Oscar the Grouch jumping in this morning. He reckons... Maxie left him dirty. Uh, Joseph, g'day. How good was Colin Munro last night? He smashed it everywhere. Have a good weekend, Joseph. We will indeed, especially if the Heat keep, keep playing like that. Uh, they now head to Adelaide, the Strikers, on Saturday. They're expecting rain in Adelaide. Rain? Does it ever rain in Adelaide? Well, it could be on Saturday as well. So this start by the Heat, uh, one of the best they've had in Big Bash history. Uh, The win, definitely. It's only their fourth win to open things up. Uh, Plenty more on the show today. We are talking to Nathan Sobey, the Olympian, the Bullet. He plays game 250 this weekend. It was in doubt during the week. He was a bit crook. He was supposed to have a chat to everyone uh, on, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, but had to pull out. Had to pull out of training because he was feeling crook. Glad to see he is up and about again. What about this? The kid from Cairns who was, it was Joey Wright who ignited him. We remember Joey Wright from the Bullets days. Yeah. Joey Wright was a man who helped Nathan Sobey, well, explore the world of basketball, NBA and Olympics, bronze medalist, and now he's playing for the Bullets, game 250 in the NBL. The Brisbane Raw surprise packets, if you like, of the summer, they're going gangbusters. Uh, They've got a new attacking style of play. They're back in action this weekend. They were vying for top of the ladder against the Wanderers last weekend. Probably should have got it too, three goals to two, but one of them was uh, disallowed and it ended up being a two-all draw after that near washout at Suncorp. And we will, of course, be hearing some uh, from someone at the Heat camp uh, before they do head to Adelaide. Uh, Usman and Marnus uh, heading to Perth very shortly to hook up with the Australian Test team that Saturday. So sadly, we do not see Marnus Labashane and Usman Kawaja for the rest of the heat season, which could end up in a final. And if it does, well, stay tuned because I've got some news on that.
13 13 55 0467 736 736. Vanessa, not too far away with her news update, but going on the chats that we've been having with Vanessa this week, you'll be familiar with the time person of the year. It was Taylor Swift at the end of the all that, and it got me thinking, considering this is the last show of the year, we could do the whole, oh, who's been the best athlete or what's your top moments and all that stuff. But just on that same sort of theory and category for the time person of the year, which doesn't necessarily have to be a person. Hello, Hollywood Strikers. No, they're not a team. <laughs> the people who went on strike in Hollywood, they were up for that nomination. But it got me thinking because the time person of the year is the person or events or groups of people who have had the biggest impact on the year. And it's fairly notorious. I mean, we were going through some of the list of winners yesterday. Alongside Taylor Swift, you've got Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, and Vladimir Putin. So I don't know. Is it a list you really want to be on? But outside of that, the newsmakers of the year in the world of sport, what was the biggest headline for 2023? 131355 0467736736. You could probably say the Matildas, couldn't you? Or would it be Eddie Jones and the Wallabies? Maybe Johnny Bairstow. Mmm. And that run out. Oh, but hang on. Who did the run out? Alex Carey. What's the biggest headline for you in 2023? In the sporting sense, that is. Cast your mind back, all the way back to January last year. After January last year. Wow, I've already put us into 24. Rafael Nadal goes down in the Australian Open, second round. We've never seen him since. He's coming back to Brisbane. Outstanding. Was that the biggest headline for you? What about that little team on the peninsula? Fins up. Ha ha. 13 13 0467 Jack is running around like a madman. He is finding prizes. He's finding things that aren't even prizes to give to you today. But let's find out what's making headlines right now. Vanessa, good morning to you. Hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. Here we are. <laughs> we made it. Um, look, uh, we, we really have to start with the weather at the moment because we've got heatwave warnings spanning nearly half the country, uh, South Australia, under some catastrophic warnings today. It's affecting parts of Victoria, New South Wales, as well as parts of Queensland. We're seeing temperatures 12 to 14 degrees above average. We're only a week into summer. Oh, yeah. So And cyclones. Cyclones aren't this early either. No. So that, and I'm sure that's the other thing you're about to talk Absolutely. about, Jasper. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, look, word that it has intensified now into a Category 4, so mm. it is strengthening as it moves towards the Queensland coast. Uh, yeah, they have said it is the earliest Category 4 in uh, the Queensland, well, in the Australia's yeah. waters in about 18 years. So it is a bit of an unusual system in that way. Um, also, there's a little known island called Willis Island, about 450 k's east of Cairns. It's directly in the path of tropical cyclone Jasper. It's got a population of just four and so they are looking <laughs> to evacuate tiny Willis Island. Are, are they related? Um, I, d- I don't know the situation of the people living on the island. <laughs> Imagine but, if there was a falling out. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, exactly. Mm. And the Bureau saying we could see it make landfall next week anywhere between Cooktown and Mackay, depending on what it does do over the weekend. So mm. 
Look, we'll just continue monitoring that as well. Now, here's something we don't get much. Coles Supermarket has actually reached out to customers saying they will uh, process a refund for thousands of people because they accidentally put the price up on 20 popular items during a recent promotion. So that advertised it at, say, $4. People got charged the full price. They are saying we are refunding everyone, not just the difference, but the full amount. So people who bought online or who have used their flybys card, they'll get that refund automatically. But if you are overcharged and you just, you know, went through the checkout yeah. as you do, you can head back to Coles and get your refund. So only 20 items. 20 items. Yeah, I would have thought there would have been 25,000 or how many that items. That are overpriced. That, that yeah. Sell. <laughs> I mean, in the fair income department. Yeah. Uh, yes. So um, anyway, yes, uh, a way to um, claw some of that money back on your grocery bill. Oh. And uh, look, we've got a Christmas Grinch in Brisbane. It's, yeah. I'm sad to say. Okay. And uh, there's an artist you might have seen around the city, um, those little tiny doors. Have you ever oh, yeah, seen yeah, yeah, that? the tiny doors, yes. The decorated yeah, doors. They yeah. pop up around the city. I've got, there's some out in my area along the Sandgate foreshore where, oh, really? you know, the that people there. just, yep, do these little decorated doors. So well, there's cool. one particular artist, Mace Robertson, and he just, um, his, his little doors first popped up in the CBD about six years ago. He was commissioned to do six Christmas-themed doors just, you know, within the last couple of weeks. Mm. They've been stolen. Within days of them being put up, little Christmas doors. The kids would love to go find them in the CBD and, you know, little elves. And, yeah. I mean, he's a proper artist, so yeah. these are very creative doors. So here's so, – I'm made of questions now, Vanessa. Yeah. I'm made of questions. Yeah. One, who comes up with the idea mm. to make little doors? Well, now, then, yes. I'm going to go forward. Who comes up with the idea to steal them? I what know. the hell are you going to do with them? I you, know. What, are you going to sell them? You got to put them up at home. Yeah, exactly. So look, he is going to replace them, but he said even though they're being replaced, he wants them back. Yes, because don't steal Christmas from the children. Don't steal Christmas. There is a good life lesson, Vanessa. Thank (laughs) you. We will catch up uh, as the morning winds on. Oh, the morning's getting away from us too. Twenty-one minutes past six, off and running this Friday morning. Ben Davis with you all. Thanks to Hyundai Hyundai Kona imagined to. But let's find out how we can back a winner today. Uh, Queensland Racing, of course, they're racing every day in Queensland, which is good. The racing action continues across the great state of ours. How do you find out where, when and how? Easy. Racingqueensland.com.au. Boy, they're racing today and it's all at doom and isn't it? A very good morning to you, Chris Nelson. Yeah, you're right, Ben. Uh, big meeting at doom and today. A uh, bit of a bit of a twilight, a bit of a Christmas party day. So there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of good atmosphere uh, on track at Doombin and we've got um, readings interstate as well. So uh, if you uh, can also bet on the interstate races and have a good day out at Doombin. So that kicks off a, a massive weekend of racing in Queensland, as per usual. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, because tomorrow they're back on turf on the Gold Coast, aren't they? You and I spoke about this earlier in the week. We did, yeah. We've got seven races at the Gold Coast tomorrow, the opening of the turf track. Don't forget, they have not raced on grass at the Gold Coast since Magic Millions Day back in January. Seems a long time ago now. Uh so looking forward to that. There's seven races, and I think the first race is just before 1 p.m. Uh, local time. So 
I reckon they'll have a big crowd on track tomorrow to look at uh, the racing on what looks like a bowling green down there at the Gold Coast. Oh, there's nothing like a, a good bit of grass, a good lawn. The oh. Gabba looked a treat last night, and if you've got the Gold Coast looking awesome, that's brilliant stuff. Um, they're also on at Eagle Farm too, aren't they? And it's a pretty big card tomorrow. Yeah, well, we've got the Gateway is the feature. Now, as I think I mentioned earlier in the week, this is an interesting race uh, from a Stradbroke viewpoint next year. Uh, the winning... Not so much the winning horse, but the winning connections in the gateway tomorrow score a slot in the Stradbroke. Now, they may elect to uh, send the horse around that wins tomorrow in the race, or they may do a deal with somebody else and get another horse uh, involved in the Stradbroke. So a very important race to win. I can tell you, Tony Gollan, our leading stable, has got seven runners in the gateway tomorrow, and uh, it tells you how keen he is to get that slot somehow for the Stradbroke. So... I think he'll win with Freedom Rally. I think it's one of the better bets of the day. But we've also got listed races as well. We've got a couple of uh, lead-up races, early lead-up races for the Magic Millions two-year-old, the Feel and Ready and the Callaway Gal. We've got the Just Now for the Phillies and the Mares. And we've also got the Bribey Handicap for the Sprinters, which is a very competitive-looking race. So some really good racing on a good track. I'm pleased to say at Eagle Farm tomorrow. Oh, brilliant stuff. They are racing everywhere. Hey, I'm just looking through the field of the Gateway. Uh, one of the Golem yep. horses. And as a kid who grew up during the 80s, what chance John Rambo, number 10? <laughs> you know where I'm coming from, Chris, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, he's, uh, he's a consistent horse, Ben, but you know with John Rambo, you can never count him out. No matter what sort of pressure he's under or what sort of situation he's in, he'll come through. So... Uh, you could do worse if he lives up to his name in the feature films. Outstanding. He's got Ryan Maloney on board. I opened it about oh, $17 into near nines or eights. Um, okay, so we're, we're, if, we're having a, if we're having a bit of a flutter, Chris, what have you yep. got for us uh, today, tomorrow? Where, where, where have you done the form? Probably everywhere, I'm tipping. Well, well I have, but we'll <laughs> go with uh, – there's a couple of shorties in today, so I won't, I won't go with those, but I'll, I'll leave it till tomorrow. Uh, in that gateway, I do like Freedom Rally for Tony Gollan a horse that uh, has won here at Eagle Farm over 1,400 metres. That was earlier in the year. And look, to his stable, they are meticulous in their planning. And there's no doubt he would have brought Freedom Rally to win that day to get him used to the 1,400 metres at Eagle Farm. And that's what he faces tomorrow. I think he'll be winning. So race eight, number five, Freedom Rally, the best of the day. Uh, I like race six, number two, shooting for gold. He's a horse that's rarely far away, but his pattern is to get back and run on, which can work against him. He's drawn a good gate tomorrow. There looks to be a ton of speed in that race. He might be the one that's getting through late with the last crack at them. So you can back him each way. Race six, number two, shooting for gold. And one, I don't know where this is going to run as yet, but race five, number four, Golden Decade, I think can run well on an each-way basis at Eagle Farm, but I know it's also accepted at Randwick uh, in an earlier race. If it runs there, back it for the win. If it runs at Eagle Farm, back it each way. And one other, early on, race four, number five, Barbie's sister, she was very good on debut at the Sunshine Coast. She got involved in a speed duel there, and she was narrowly beaten. I think you'll see her uh, with a quieter ride tomorrow and very hard to beat. Outstanding, Chris. Thank you. We've jotted them down. I'll get Jack to put them up online too. I'm just giving Jack yeah. more work to do. Brilliant stuff, which is uh, we can uh, make sure that we can start the weekend with a bang. Chris, you enjoy it, mate. Have a merry and safe Christmas. I won't get to talk to you again until that time. Hey, have you got any Christmas traditions, anything that – the family does or you do around Christmas or summertime? Oh, gee, now that's um that's a question without notice. Nothing off the top of my head. Mm. Uh, we don't have a we don't have a big Christmas 
Uh, up here because we don't have any family up here, oh. but um, it's pretty quiet for us. So uh, no, no real traditions, but we'll still enjoy the day. Don't worry about no, that. No, that's very good. Well, why do we buy the leg of ham only at Christmas yes. and call them Christmas hams? Well, like, why don't we buy them throughout the year? <laughs> I don't get that's that. Because it? it tastes bloody good. Well, yeah, you buy ham, but why not yeah. the leg of ham? Yeah. And then you're still eating it in February anyway. How good is it? I think we're on to our third at our place. <laughs> Teenage kids, right? Oh, of course. Exactly. You just open the fridge and go, well, there's something to eat. Hunk, <laughs> rip in, carve it out. There's a Christmas tradition, but yeah. we should do it all year round like hot cross buns. Hey, Chris, have a good yeah. one, mate. Merry Christmas. Thank yeah. you. Good luck and good punning. Of course, Racing Queensland. They are racing every day across the Sunshine State. Check them out online, racingqueensland.com.au. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, that leads us into our next guest as well, because he's actually playing with someone who was part of the Everton Academy. Yeah, that's kind of my segue into this. Scotty Neville is part of the Brisbane Raw, who are going all right this season. Yes, they were vying for top of the ladder last weekend. They head to Adelaide this weekend. Adelaide United, Hindmarsh Stadium on Sunday. Scott Neville, a very good morning to you. Um, Everton over Newcastle, just quietly. We're keeping an eye on that. There is an upset. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah, I just woke up. I'm actually a Tottenham fan, so I'm watching the Tottenham <laughs> uh, West Ham game. So that goal just went in and bit disappointing, but um, yeah, it was actually, I thought that uh, back to the cricket, <laughs> I was actually thought that Max Bryan did the right thing last night. I was happy he hit the three fours, so. Yeah, exactly right, and it's a, and this is I know this is a good perspective. I mean, from a from a team point of view, that's all it's about, right? Yeah, exactly. I think you know the crowd wants the fairy tale finish and, and the hundred. I think um, so did Colin Munro, like so, so did Munro, but then at the end of the day, he hit three fours. So <laughs> what do you do? Exactly. What do Perfect. you do? Yeah, one hundred percent. Well done. Hey, Scotty, how's life been under Ross the boss this year, Ross Alawisi? Yeah, it's been great. It's been a, uh, a breath of fresh air, and um, you know he he really cares about each individual player, and, and he he cares about getting each player better, which is um you know a, a top level coach, and he's improving a lot of young players who might not necessarily have had the the games or experience, but um you know they've they've come on leaps and bounds, and um we, we've got a young squad, but we're we're really competing, and we're, we're putting it against some of the best teams in the league. And, you know, mm. last last week we, we were nearly top of the table until we, we gave away two sloppy goals at the end there. And, um, no, we're, we're progressing really well. And, and Ross is one of the best managers that I've, I've had in my career. What, what about that? I mean, the start against – well, the start was delayed against the Wanderers last week because it was uh, Suncorp Stadium swimming pool for a while there because of the storms, wasn't it? It was a, what about a 45-minute delay because of the, the pitch just being soaked after the storm came through. Yeah, it was a bit of a unique situation. We went out for the warm-up and then lightning came, so we had to wait 30 minutes for that to pass. And then we went out again, and and then obviously the lightning hit one more time, so um, we had to wait again for it to pass. So it was probably, yeah, 55-minute delay until kickoff, which um, isn't ideal, but, you know, as professionals, um, you prepare for these type of things and and didn't really phase us or deter us at all. Um, We actually got off to a great start. We were 2-0 up after 15 minutes and really dominating the game. and, And as... As football goes, you, you can see the goal and it really changed, changes the game. And um, unfortunately, just after halftime, we conceded one and then uh, a number of changes and, and the game kind of changed a little bit. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't hold on for the win. Just knowing that, that you can get two goals in quick, quick succession against the uh, the ladder leaders. I mean, it knows you, you know you can mix it with the best. You, you know that your best football can put them on the back foot. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I think all season they'd only cop two goals and to, to score two yeah. in the first 15 minutes and have um, an ample of, of other opportunities um, is a good sign. And we, we create a lot of chances under the football we play under Ross. And um, it's only going to get better because we train extremely hard and we don't rest on our laurels. Um, this week we've had four tough sessions in a row and today's luckily a day off. Um, but yeah, it's been extremely good. Uh, just looking at the Adelaide forecast, which is really rare and random, but we know the Brisbane Heat are going to Adelaide tomorrow because Adelaide, Adelaide today, this is the, probably the biggest thing that's ever happened to Adelaide. The Adelaide today, it's 33 degrees. Tomorrow, yeah. it's going to be 17 and raining. Today, heat wave tomorrow, and it's going to be a wet weekend, so you may be in for uh, uh, another wet game on Sunday. But what we did see last week, Scott, um, some of those young brigade, again, getting their start. And I mentioned at the beginning of this an Everton Academy player who's now playing at the Raw who who comes into Australian football with the weight of probably the biggest name in Australian football, and I'm talking about Shea Cahill, Tim's son, 18 years of age, made his debut in the A-League uh, against the, the Wanderers on the weekend. What can you tell us about Shay? Because, geez, he does carry a fair weight on his shoulders, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, he does, you know. And, and um, I, sometimes he, I felt sorry for him because everyone wants to know what you know what Tim Cahill was like and, and asking questions and stuff. And um, he came here and, and he's just put his head down and, and he's a really good kid, humble kid that gets on with the game and, um, I think he, even since he's been here three or four months under Ross, his tutelage, he's improved out of sight. And he, he's got a good frame on him. He's, he's kind of a different size to Tim Cahill. He's a, he's a taller, uh, I'd say lankier fellow, similar to myself. Um, and, and he moves quite freely. He's good with the ball. And, and he actually nearly scored, nearly scored the winner when he came on. He, he probably should have. But um, he, he had a good impact off the bench. And I think he was happy to get his debut out of the way. And, and now he can move on. But, um, yeah, he's a great talent and, and, and made a real impact when he came on. Outstanding stuff. Well, mate, uh, the Raw sit fourth on the table. Could have been top spot after last week. So I guess that shows how tight it is. I know it's not it's not about missed chances, but it just goes to show how tight the, the competition is. Three points off top spot, and you're heading to Adelaide this weekend to try and get the job done uh, against United at Highmarsh Stadium. But I'm going to let you go because Tottenham on the charge, they just had another <laughs> shot that went just on the <laughs> other side of the post, the coat of paint. Okay. Scotty, appreciate your chat this morning. Uh, good luck for Sunday down in Adelaide. Scott Neville from the Brisbane Roar, defender there. Uh, look, our next guest who's just been patiently standing by listening to this, imagine if, um, well, actually, that's going to be my first question to him. Nathan Sobey, a very good morning to you. On the eve of your 250th NBL match, would you ever consider starting an OnlyFans page? Nathan, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, yeah, no, nah, unfortunately, no, I probably wouldn't be starting one of those. I bet you that wasn't the opening question you thought you'd ever be asked in an interview. Because it's yeah, I, I wasn't did. expecting that one this morning, that's for sure. Don't worry, I wasn't expecting to ask it either. But Nick Curious, what the hell? Um, mate, congratulations, 250, a milestone. Is it one you had circled? Is it one you've thought about? Or is it just something that's crept up on you? Yeah, no, nah, definitely crept up on me. I actually didn't know until um, a couple of days ago that, or a few days ago that one of my uh, friends actually wrote me a message um, wishing me all the best for it. And so I had no idea right up until then, really. So, yeah, definitely crept up on me. Mate, it's 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 not not bad for someone who started as a development player in Cairns. Um, you've got an Olympic bronze medal along the way. You've experienced um, ball in the States as well. I mean, it's been a hell of a journey. Yeah, it's definitely um, a lot that's happened in the 10 years I've been in the NBL now. Um, 
a lot of ups and downs with winning and losing with all that, but obviously a lot you can reflect on like you, you mentioned and stuff. So there's definitely some high moments to look back at over those 250. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot here, not only about OnlyFans, but what, what would, what would be the, the, the biggest memory that jumps out to you over those 10 years? Um, I mean, in the 250 games, oh, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, that's why I asked it. <laughs> Better than OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, just being involved in playoff series and, and grand final stuff, uh, those sorts of environments has probably been the best part for me, for sure. Uh, mate, that's good. Who, who, who's probably had the biggest influence on your career? There's an easier question. Who's had the biggest influence? Um, probably my family, uh, first and foremost. Um, but then also a lot of people that I grew up around in Warrnambool and Victoria that sort of, sort of showed me the way and paved the way for me to, to go and do the things that I've been able to do. All right. Sunday afternoon, it all happens. The Bullets there traveling south to play the Melbourne or to play the, to play Melbourne United, uh, at John Kane Arena. Nathan Sobey playing his 250th. Uh, let me see. I'm looking through the, the honor roll, mate, that you have, uh, collected along the way. All NBL first team selection in 2021. The NBL most improved in 2017. What about the Boomers and the Bronze in Tokyo? Or sorry, should I say Rose Gold? Yeah, no, that's definitely um, uh, some achievements that I can look back on and be very grateful for. And, um, yeah, just really excited about what the group is doing at the moment and, and continuing to build from that this weekend in Melbourne. So it, it'll be a good one. Okay. And this this Sunday we, we were a little bit worried about you because um, you, you were a bit crook during the week. Yeah, no, nah, I just got a bit of a stomach bug there earlier on in the week. But, um, yeah, it rattled me there for it. 24 to 48 hours, but now back on track and, and ready to go. All right, fantastic. Melbourne United, what have you made of them? They're, they're a team that are hard to match up on, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're at the top of the table for a reason and they've got some great talent and uh, we're going to have to play the, the right way and execute our game plan um, to be able to come away with the win, but we're really looking forward to it. We've uh, built a lot of um, momentum over the last couple of weeks and um, we're definitely playing a lot better than last time we've seen them. Right, well, let's talk about that momentum you built over the last couple of weeks because there was the, well, we were going to say, we talk about the break, the FIBA window break, but Justin Schuller has said to us, no, it's not a break. It's a chance for us to be better. And you were doing that very different ways over that FIBA window where the team was, yeah, you were doing some stuff on court, but it was probably more the stuff you did away from the court, from the floor that, that uh, I don't know, brought you together closer as a team. Can you talk us through some of the different exercises, drills that you were doing? Yeah, I mean, we were just doing some team chemistry, bonding sort of um, stuff. It was on the – a lot of them were on the floor, um, just um, really testing us. In, in different sort of environments and, and being able to, I guess, execute things without being able to talk to each other in specific ways and stuff like that. But then also we hit the boxing ring um, during that um, little window to get better and um team really loved that and really competed and got after it. All right. How, how did you pull up after going around the uh, the, the square circle? Yeah, no, I pulled up pretty good. Definitely a different type of fitness. Um, yeah. Shoulders and that get a lot sore, but um, yeah. yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah, did you get in there with Bainesy? Was that or did anyone was anyone crazy enough to take on him? 
Yeah, I don't think anyone was jumping in there too quick to get in there with him. Um, people will stay away from that. But no, it was just more of a sort of work with um, the group that we were with and uh, and just and get a bit of fitness as well. We, we, we got an insight from, from the coach. Justin did come on earlier in the week and, and talk us through that type of gear that you were doing. So there was boxing. Uh, there was egg throwing or egg catching. Yeah, so um, we did some egg catching, uh, throwing. You had little groups of four, and you would throw eggs um, up the side of the court, and you you obviously had to catch it and then turn around and throw it to the next person. But then the next phase was to try and close your eyes and do it, but that didn't go so well. <laughs> Hang on. So what, you were catching sort of bombs? Were they thrown up, or was it more just a, uh, you a were gentle trying log? to like. You were trying to communicate at the same time as throwing it um, to the person with the closed eyes, but it didn't really help at all. <laughs> Did you? I wear? don't think many people actually landed, actually got one catch. <laughs> Did you wear any? Uh, no, no, I didn't. No, good stuff. Evading, that's what I like. Now, the other one Justin told us about was uh, pasta, spaghetti building, something to do with arts and crowd. Can you Can you take us behind the idea of that? Yeah, so we got um, a bit of, uh, I would say, a handful of spaghetti with some tape and some string, and you had to build the tallest tower you could. Um, and then at the top of it, you had to stick a marshmallow on top of it, and it wasn't able, it had to stand and not fall over. Um, and yeah, my, our group did really well. We actually <laughs> built up a little Eiffel Tower sort of thing, in it, and it was pretty good, pretty well executed. Nice work. How, how tall did you get it? Nah, it, obviously you're running off like four little legs of spaghetti on the bottom, so you can't get it too tall. But um, yeah, it would have been oh, I don't know up to the waist. Yeah, I'm not. Hey, that's impressive stuff. Spaghetti, string, tape, marshmallows. It's all key to uh, the Bullocks' to success. Because <laughs> since then, what you've well, you've been undefeated, haven't you? Uh, 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 two yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good week last week after the break. We'd been doing really well before the break. We just weren't finishing off games the way we wanted to and obviously lost a couple of close ones. So um, we were we were right there. We knew we were close and we just had to tighten some things up. And uh, over the last weekend, we were able to do that and execute and get two good wins. Outstanding. Well, you've had a, a fairly long break. It'll be a what, seven-day turnaround in between games. Um, does that help with momentum or does it hinder it? Um. Yeah, I mean, you can take it both ways. Like sometimes you, you can go with it and say keep rolling as long as you can. But also um, after the start of the season we had, it's good to have these little breaks just to, to tighten up um, what we're doing and then also just get our recovery in and get the bodies right. Outstanding. Egg, spaghetti, boxing, team building, and it's all part of the bullets uh, going from strength to strength uh, this summer. Sobes, congratulations. Game 250. We hope it's a winning milestone for you against uh, Melbourne United down there in Melbourne on Sunday afternoon, John Kane Arena. Appreciate the chat this morning, mate, and stay away from the OnlyFans sign-up, all right? Nah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good one. <laughs> okay, Nathan Sabi from the Bullets. If the Heat qualify for the Big Bash final, and when I say qualify, qualify first and earn the right for a home final, it won't be at the Gabba. It can't be at the Gabba. I hate to let you all down, but the Big Bash final is scheduled for the day before the Gabba test against the West Indies. It can't possibly be played at the Gabba. So where do they play?
I don't think it can be a metric. Oh, what's metric on now? Carrara, Heritage Bank Stadium, because it would need a drop-in pitch and that would need to be prepared well in advance. So all week we've been talking about when the Gabba gets knocked down and it's going to the Ecker, but no, it's not because they're not paying for it. State government, pull your head in. Jeez, really? Getting them to pay? That can't be a thing. Can it be Allen Border Field? 10,000. Queensland cricket would love that. But surely for a big bash final, you're getting more than 10,000 through the gate. So there could be some issues, decisions to be made if the Brisbane Heat make the final. And we hope they do. We hope they continue the charge. And there's a man on the line who hopes they continue as well. He's going to be a big part of it. Hey, Matty Coonham, and a very good morning to you. Congratulations. Sorry to lead into the interview like that, but I don't know if you have looked that far forward, but there could be an issue if you earn the right to host a final. Where could and would you play? Uh, Morning, Benny. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, I didn't actually know that until you mentioned it before, but uh, it's well above my pay bracket, but I think it's a good problem to have if we can finish first. Hey, well, well said, 100%. You know what? Play anywhere, anytime against anyone. And last night, you, you showed that. Uh, the the Stars, they won the bat flip and said, no, you blokes go first. We'll chase you down. Wow. What about what about that start, Matty? That was incredible. I think when you have Colin Munro and, and Uzi up top, it's, um, it's, it's going to be exciting, so... Uh, we were going to win the toss and, and have a bowl so, as well. But, um, you know, it worked out to plan. And it was just awesome that uh, the, the boys got off to a great start. Yeah, eight runs and over in the opening exchanges. Then it got up to 10 and it just stayed there as well. Colin Munro came in and did a job. Uzi, Manus, they were all there, which was fantastic. You don't have Uzi and Manus now moving on, but you've got some fairly handy replacements waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think uh, if you're going to win the the big bash, you need to uh, test your, your squad. So um, we've obviously got Josh Brown uh, raring to go, and then we've got a couple of guys in the Aussie A game in Renshaw and McSween. So um, they'll come back into the team uh, shortly and sort of just boost our batting line a bit more. So that's no, exciting times. All right. As a bowler walking out and knowing that you are trying to defend a score 200 plus, that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, good and bad thing because the same time you go, oh, it's a nice wicket here. So um, I was a little bit more relieved when Swepo got the wicket off Maxwell. It gave me a bit more, <laughs> uh, a bit more breathing room. So you no, know, the boys bowled fantastically and, and and fielded quite well as well. Yeah, well, it, they did exactly. The field was up, and even even the there was a mana saving a, a boundary uh, when it was the, the game was all over Red Rover. But to show that commitment all the way through, uh, not letting any run uh, be put against you, you've now got a net run rate. I didn't even know they could get this high. A net run rate of five point one five, and it's a dark art working out the net run rate. But we know it can decide finals, can't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I think we've been in the we've missed out in the final once for that run rate. So mm. I don't know Marnus is a is a genius in the field and when when we get a chance to play with him, what he brings to the team, his energy and his skill set is uh, is fantastic. Yeah, Matty Kuhneman, get my guest this morning. Um about to head to Adelaide, is that right, Matty, this morning? Yeah, currently at the airport now, the boys just arrived, so limited sleep, but yeah, on our way to Adelaide, um, Hopefully we can go back to back, but there's a bit of weather down there, but see what happens. Yeah, exactly. We know there's rain on the way, so hopefully we do get a game in. Matty Kuhneman, uh, one for 17 off his three overs last night, the second most economical bowler for the Heat. Uh, Xavier Bartlett, hey, what about what about his three overs? Two for eight, Matty, two for eight. 
Yeah, he's um, it's quite good to see Big X um, start the season off well. So, um, no, he, he complements the bowling attack so well, especially with Messer and, and Spencer up top. Um, with having three guys who can swing the ball and bowl and bowl really fast. So, it makes makes my life and Stoppo's life in this business a lot easier. Uh, Matty, you picked up the wicket of Big Stoin, Marcus Stoinis. He is an imposing figure, isn't he, in the world of Big Bash? When, when you're bowling to Marcus Stoinis, knowing what he can do with the white ball, how exciting is it or how intimidating is it? Oh, man, it's intimidating. Just standing on top of him, Mark, because he's a big man and he looks, he's, a, he's a beautiful looking man as well, but just <laughs> intimidation, just, just staring down at you. So I was, probably, I was probably a little bit fortunate there because it wasn't my greatest sport I've involved. But um, uh, no, it's always good to get them players out. And it was back on with a great catch by Usman. Okay, talk me through that. Sometimes it is not the best ball that gets the wicket, is it? No, not at all, especially in T20 cricket. Um, I was bowling from the short end of the gather. So they, we sort of talked about bowling into the wicket and bowling a bit short. But this ball I bowled was, was very short. Um, but no, it worked out well. It's one of those things you can bowl well and get, get smashed and bowl bad and go well. But um, yeah, that's just cricket. You can live with it. Hey, Matty, there's been a, a few mixed uh, emotions around uh, Colin Munro and he's 99 not out uh, with Maxi down the other end saying, hey, you should have rotated the strike. You should have given him a, a shot. I think Maxi did the team thing. I, I think he got out there and blasted it. Was there any stick? Was there any chat to Maxi going, mate, you could have just maybe let him have one last go at it? It would have been nice. I can, I can tell you that the crowd definitely wanted uh, Colin's 100. But no, um, Mondo was going down to, to Maxi saying hit, hit this ball for four or six. So, um, no, Mondo is such a team man and um, with experience, uh, he's in that with our team at the moment. All right, strikers, what uh, what threat do they pose? Uh, i tell you one threat that's not going to be there, Rashid Khan. Sadly for the Big Bash, he's not there, but, geez, that's got to be a relief too, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because we, we do like playing against Rashid. He's, he's had um, he's, he's sort of seems to always go well against us. But um, there's obviously Chris Lynn, uh, one of the, an ex-Bisman Heat player and a legend, one of our legends of that club. So he's always been coming up against him and then and Matt Short as well up top. So... Uh, no, it's going to be an exciting game. They're a very solid team, so it should be a cracking success. Yeah, that's right. Matt Short just coming back from uh, that tour of, uh, of India as well, playing some of the T20s. Um, mate, you'll be happy to know that I had a choice in my super coach team. It was either yourself or Swepo. And and I went with you, and because you picked up a catch along the way too, you got me well the second highest points. So I thought that will just give you a little spring in the step as well, knowing that uh, you, you you're doing good things as far as super coach is concerned. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> can, can the boys play it? Do you play it? Is it something you get into? Fantasy, fantasy, no, anything? Or I'm pretty sure we're not allowed to play it. Um, just on one of them, the gambling things or whatever. So that the norm. Yeah, I don't really know too much about the whole uh, fantasy league. No, that's good. And I don't want to get step into a territory that's going to get you in trouble. It was just something that piqued my interest. Uh, mate, well done last night and continue that winning way. Get down to the strikers. Uh, take out Linny. Have you got a special ball there ready for him to bowl? I'm sure you've bowled a million to him in the nets. Is there a weakness to him? Uh, there's no weakness to Linny. I've been, I was fortunate enough. I got him out twice last year, but... Mm. Um, so I, I dare say he'll have a, he'll be ready to go against me. So I'll be looking forward to it.
All right, I'm just going to write that down. Uh, Matt Kuhneman's bunny is Chris Lynn. Excellent. No, Good definitely, stuff. Definitely not. <laughs> hey, Cooney, get, get down there and rip in. And what a year it's been for you too, uh, playing uh, for Australia, making that test debut and just doing great things around the world. Uh, rip in, enjoy the summer, mate. Appreciate the chat. Thanks, Benny. Cheers, guys.